All right, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another edition of That's Canon. <laughs> Whoa, explosions everywhere, kids. It's getting wild and crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't keep that one up. Oh, man. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Oh, what are you... What is good, that good. sound? Oh, sorry about that. My bad. Your mic it picks up so well that yeah. that is just loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, guys. So this is another edition of That's Canon. This is, uh, I think, our ninth episode. Maybe tenth? Ninth? Ninth. Ninth, ninth episode. Uh, sorry, I'm tired. No, I'm not tired. I'm hyper as a mo. But we are here to talk comic books, and that's what's important, yo. Ooh. Do you, Dave? Do you want to take a stab at a freestyle? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> technically, technically, that did right with you. I know, right? Time. Like that's how I was trying to do that. Maybe that's how I appreciated that. Like it's a joke within the joke. <laughs> so oh, that's amazing. Uh, to my left, we have Dave from squared-idea.com. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, anything cool going on you want to tell the people before we start? Uh, not much. Just that uh, in regards to the squared-idea uh, world, uh, Mike Wilcox is the fathom, fathom is soon going to have physical copies. I believe he's getting them this week, actually. He's yeah, getting... well, this is this episode comes out in like... Oh, yeah. So this week, <laughs> this week being nine weeks yeah, to three months from now. Yeah. So it's out. Just go buy it. That's like go yeah. back in time about five, the, two months and then go go buy send, the book. So send maybe, one to the crew. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely going to be some contributions to, to, to the Franklin Armstrong Collective for your, your help in uh, the publicizing of everything. Although I believe you guys are mentioned in the book, actually. I think, yeah. I think, you guys have a page. Yeah, I think we have an ad. Yeah. I think we already have an ad, which is pretty yeah. sweet. But yeah, <laughs> I like that you're like, it's out this week. I was like, mm, guy, that, that's <laughs> nine weeks from now. So yeah, so for those of you guys listening, we are uh, going to be doing these shows. We record these shows quite a bit in advance, and then we release them over time. But mm -hmm. seeing as we're talking about comic books and there's nothing you know specific to or time specific, so... Time relevant in the episodes that we do? No, no. We all. Oh, if we do, we're gonna do a little. Are, Sorry, Topes. And if they are, then whatever. If it's not topical anymore, it's just not topical anymore. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's what it is. But yeah, okay. So that's squared-idea.com. Guys, check out the website. If anything, just go to the website and check out all the cool stuff that they have going on over there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Tobes, anything you want to tell the people while we start? While, while we start, uh, where they should check you out, where they can get a sample oh. of this wonderful intro. At that. Fit dude on Instagram and on SoundCloud. Look for Abstract A B dash S T R A Q. Everything's got dashes in it these days, kids. Everything's got dashes. Gotta have the dash. It's how you get around the copyright stuff. Change a couple letters. And then I'm Brian Doc Holiday. You guys can check me out on Instagram at Brian Holiday, H O L I D A E. And once again, this is That's Canon. We are part of the Franklin Armstrong Collective. It's a podcast produced by the Franklin Armstrong Collective in association with squared-idea.com and it's available on franklinarmstrong.com and since I said available instead of available I'll say that again it's available on franklinarmstrong.com and I'm not even going to cut that piece out I'm going to leave it in so people can hear how ridiculous I sound sometimes it just gives you personality bro there you go I'm human just like you I put my pants two legs on at a time I've uh, seen it <laughs> uh, so yeah this week we're going to be discussing a comic 
uh, I get because this wasn't one issue. How many issues was this? It, it, no, this is this is it. This was the one issue. Yeah. Oh, it seems it, kind of long. It, no, it's it's because it's um, there's a specific term for it, but it's like essentially like two comic books in one, but they sell it as one. Oh, okay. It's like a it's a specific style. I can't remember the name of it at the current moment. The digest no, or something. Or something called. like that. Oh, okay. Something like that. So this week we're gonna be doing Batman Chronicles. This one is the Gauntlet from 1997. It was written by Bruce Canwell and Lee Weeks, and the color and separations were done by Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, so this one came out. 20 years ago well, at this point. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys got to take consideration <laughs> when you're reading shit. <laughs> I mean, I took into... I can tell you right now. Anyways, hold on. Let's get to the elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. So let's, we're going to sandwich Dave's elevator pitch between our, Toby and mine's because I feel like Toby and mine's are going to be... Harsh. <laughs> ...on the same page. <laughs> but I'll Toby, I'll read the first one. You want to read the second one? Sure. Okay, so the first one. This is because there's two different pitches that were. These are the original DC comic pitches that were were written out. Dick Grayson has been training for a very long time, and Batman is giving him a final exam before he's allowed <laughs> to go out on the patrol as a crime. Oh, damn, Toby! At least let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This final, this final exam got me. All right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> he's allowed to go on a patrol as a crime fighter. The challenge is he will be given a six-hour head start at dusk, and then Batman will hunt him down and try and find him within city limits. If he can make it until sunrise without getting caught, he passes. I feel like that <laughs> description leaves out a lot of the story, because there's a... I mean, that's the uh, gist of it, but there's a lot to be said about that. Anyways, okay, Tobes, hit them with t- number two. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Game composure, man. Be professional. I put myself on mute, and I was laughing. I couldn't control the laughter. Okay. Uh, It's a tale from Batman and Robin's past. Before Dick Grayson can don the Robin costume as Batman's partner, he must pass a final challenge. (laughs) You've already given up. (laughs) I'm sorry. I did so good initially, and then I'm looking at his face, and it's really hard to like not laugh. I'll start start over. I'll start over. You guys have too much hate in your lives. (laughs) I'm just just laughing because I'm laughing because this. The description is exactly how I feel about it. I'll explain that later on. (laughs) It's a tale from Batman and Robin's past. Before Dick Grayson can don the Robin costume as Batman's partner, he must pass the final challenge, elude Batman for an entire entire night within the confines of Gotham City. But his game of hide-and-seek becomes deadly when Robin stops what appears to be a simple mugging and inadvertently intercepts key information. Now, he's a target of a ruthless mob boss, his deadly gang of thugs, the GCPD, and of course, Batman himself, who races to find his young ward before it's too late. Okay. His young Burt Ward. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, elevator pitch. Uh, Do you want to go first, Toby, since you just... Okay, I'll go go first. first. So, this is essentially... I think of it as their attempt at doing a Robin year one, but in a small story, but then not doing it well. So my elevator pitch would be, all right, guys, we're going to give you the Robin year one and we're going to try and make it interesting, but it won't be. But kids will still buy it because it's part of the Batman lore. There you go. That's that's more. <laughs> That's my elevator pitch. We really gotta start visually recording these because <laughs> yeah. I feel there's a lot taken out of context. Like even if people saw my face right now, 
Anyways, <laughs> I was, was it my hand gestures? <laughs> oh, it was a lot. My, my like 1980s coked up <laughs> hand gestures. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm my film. <laughs> not, I'm not sure if it was coke or it was Italian, like mother having a problem. Um, so no, uh, well, my elevator pitch would be simply put. Uh, this is a story of how Batman finally pulls the trigger on allowing Dick Grayson to be Robin. Yeah, it's basically it. No more, no more sentences. See, if required. you pitch it like that, that would be good. But okay, sorry, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh gosh, Toby! So here comes Toby. All right. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like a guy who's been trying to write for this comic book. Uh, DC whatever conglomerate for years, but I've just been failing. And, like, and 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 this is like this is like my last chance. I know it. It's my last chance to prove myself and to and to make a name for myself in the office. So I'm running to the elevator to catch the executive so I can pitch them this idea of a Batman story. But I want to make it a Robin story instead. But because Robin's not popular and I'm not that good of a writer, I'm going to put Batman in it. So people are going to buy it and read it thinking it's a Batman story and just put it under the Batman Chronicles and then make people try to buy it that way. And the executive was like, you know what? Why not? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, let's do that. Because that's exactly what this is, man. That's why it's not called it's not called Robin the Gauntlet. It's yeah. called Batman Chronicles the Gauntlet because they want you to pay attention to the Batman aspect of it. Yeah. No one would no one would have bought this otherwise. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that that would be my only way to sell it to someone in an elevator pitch. <laughs> It just bunch so of hate. Yeah, bunch of hate. There's so much disgust. I'm already. just gonna like leave. You guys get to be chilly for an hour, just ragging on my book. <laughs> okay, uh, we've all, we all picked. Who picked Coyote? You did, right, Doc? I picked Coyote. I mean, I still yeah, stand I mean, behind all... that pick because if anything, that was the first time we got to completely destroy something. <laughs> so that was fun. You you yeah, guys have true, to admit we got we had fun with that's that true. one. We did. We Because we were just true, like, what the. What's this? Yeah. All right. It's all good. It's all good. I I will be the yeah. voice of reason for all, all the Robin lovers out there because there's oh, dude, clearly no Robin I'm lovers. I'm a huge here. Robin fan. I just felt this this story. Anyways, no. Right. We'll, we'll that's, the it. Yeah, that's, that's the review. Yeah, that's the review. That's the review. So composure and shit. Okay. Deep breath, everyone. Oh, that's why this seems familiar. This is like you know that movie Tag that's coming out. Tag. This oh is yeah. Like the, this is not. It's, it's kind of like hide and seek and tag. This whole comic book. It's it's anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Guys, as we do every episode, one of your favorites. You've been saying it from the beginning, even though we don't know that for a fact, but we believe so. <laughs> this one is called Judgment Call. Two people go in, no one comes out because it all gets left on the floor. On the floor, not after. The things that happen within Judgment Call stay within Judgment Call. I it's feel, like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to make that clear because some people who are in the studio with me... It was still during the Judgment Call time period. The segment was not over. In any case, some people take things far, and especially when these two meet in the ring. Hey, we just we like friendly competition. There's no hate. There's no animosity. Dave, Unless you guys have conversations behind my neck. There's a little animosity. There's definitely no hate. There's definitely no hate. So, Dave, do you want to do the intro? 
Uh, <clears throat> well, it's judgment call. It's the uh, it's uh, the time to fight for your character's right to be in the spotlight. We give each other two minutes to uh, sorry, three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. To you to, had two minutes because you were yeah, being a jerk. <laughs> because I was being penalized. <laughs> uh, we give each other three minutes to talk about our characters, which we feel is not being used properly and or has been a bit in the spotlight, but is like, you know, you guys are not properly shining uh, the attention onto that per person. Then we have two minutes to rip each other apart in any shape or form we deemed fit. Yeah. And then we have someone who will be the judge, which is the third man or the odd man out, which this time will be Brian. Yeah, I'm the judge. Yeah, and uh, as judge as it always goes, judge decide who goes first, etc., etc. So uh, it's in your hands, sir. Alrighty then. So do you guys have your characters ready? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm gonna let Dave go first. Chill, chill. Okay. All right. I have the timer up here, Toby. When it's oh, your nice. turn, I'm gonna do hand gestures because you can't see okay. the timer, unfortunately. Apologies, but uh, there's a big timer on the screen next to your face now, <laughs> so that <laughs> right. Dave can just see. It. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, judgment call once again. This is Dave going first versus Toby, who will be going second. The gentlemen get three minutes and then one minute to counter each other. Dave, yours starts right now. Okay, I'll be promoting uh, the infamous bounty hunter Lobo. Uh, someone who has had a little bit of light shine on him, but he's never had anything, uh, he's not had anything really long-term. He's a very interesting character. He's the last surviving member of the Caesarian race. Uh, he has many interesting attributes such as strength, uh, superhuman strength, speed, stamina, uh, a ridiculous healing factor. Uh, he's immortal, has genius level intellect, even though he's really much perceived as uh, an idiot based off how he behaves and his, his look. He actually is the only person who owns a red power ring and actually doesn't use it. He just has that as like a, a weapon because he... Uh, basically helped out uh, the Red Lanterns at one point and was like, my payment is give me a ring. So it's pretty, it's really interesting. Uh, he did have a short run uh, a few years ago, a 16-issue series, which I'm hoping we actually might review on this show one time, um, which shows that he was actually cloned and there was two versions of himself. One was the old uh, version that you may have seen in the Superman animated series where it was like this guy, every time he jumped on screen, like you'd hear rock and roll music playing in the background, you know, very gritty, very... Uh, very biker like and then there's the real lobo which was like this very sleek looking um very intelligent well-spoken um cesarean who's the last of his kind he goes and ends up killing his old uh his clone version of himself and that by the end of the series you actually find out that uh he gets turned into that lobo like you find out why he goes from this like cool sleek bounty hunter to like this crazy biker guy who's like kind of insane which is a very interesting run. Uh, I think that this guy should be given more spotlight because, uh, frankly, it's just very entertaining. And with the the breakthrough of a lot of like R-rated uh, comic book characters coming out, like your Deadpool's, uh, Cable, they're saying that maybe X Force will come out. You know, you had Wolverine's Logan. Uh, I think this would be. Uh, I think this is the thing that could actually bring DC back to having like a constant. We're going to have a serious version of ourselves uh, because I find like their movie verse is a little out of whack. Um, and that's about it. Oh, also, the story of actually how his planet is destroyed is actually he does it in order to save basically his planet from destroying other worlds because they, they, the entire planet goes insane, which is actually a very interesting concept. Uh, and he's basically in short and, and hate to swear during these things, but he's entertaining as fuck, to be quite honest. And he could take on almost anyone. He's a very uh, underrated character in regards to his abilities. And uh, he definitely deserves to have... Uh, 
a bit more a bit more presence in the DCU. And he's the best anti-hero, I think. One of the best anti-heroes that they have that's not utilized. Okay. Done. Done. There you go. Okay. So 15 seconds left, but that's so good. You you you've used your time well, good sir. Toby? Let me yes, know. Sir. You're you're ready? I'll I'll give yeah. you a, a live long and prosper when you have thirty seconds left. That cool? Okay. All right. Cool. I probably won't need it as usual. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you always end up. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Ready? Starting. Set. Now. All right. Can't believe you chose Lobo. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> my character for today is a guy who we've barely seen. Actually, we've seen him in I think two seasons of a TV show. Barely made an appearance in the comic book, and he's under a different name in the comic book. His alias is the same, but his his actual name. And the character is Aqualad. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a character uh, created by Brandon Vietti, uh, Greg Weissman, and Phil Barassa for the TV series Young Justice. Um, and the one, the one I'm going to pretty much speak to, Calderam. Um, he is, uh, as it turns out, you find out in the second season, he's Black Manta's son. Um, and he ends and ends with going undercover to look, you know, to infiltrate his dad's organization and prove that he's the, you know, he's a son and stuff like that. But at the same time, working for uh, Young Justice and the Justice League, uh, and into in, in defeating uh, his father. Um, I think there's a lot to be told here. You can tell a story of a broken kid because, uh, again, his powers and abilities. Oh, let me actually start with his powers and abilities first. He can manipulate water pretty much the same as uh, Aquaman. Uh, he also, just take a look here, he can adapt his eyes to see in the darkest of ocean bottoms. Um, he has actually these two water bearers weapons. I, I don't know how else to describe them. They're kind of like blades, but with, do you, can you describe them, uh, Doc? You know, I would say they're like lightsabers, but water-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like but water-based. They can I also water- adjust as, uh, they can also adjust the weaponry. Yeah, exactly. And it allows it pretty much what they do is allow him to focus the power of the water uh, and create shapes and weapons with water. Uh, and I and I, I think, in my opinion, way cooler than Aquaman would. Uh, I don't think Aquaman actually normally uses water the way Aqualad does. Um, and also, he's actually also defeated Deathstroke and Black Manta in, in the Young Justice series as well. Um, like I was gonna say before, there's a, there's a lot to be told here in terms of a kid who's broken. He's torn between, you know, who his father is and who he actually wants to be. Um, and he's not overpowered. You know, he's going to struggle. Um, there is a an element here that can touch on DC a little bit. To, sorry, not DC, but the Justice League as well. You could tie that in. But there's a lot to be told here about a kid who really is just trying to discover who he is, aside from who he should have been. Okay. You. you guys both use exact the same yeah. amount of time, so that's uh, that's, that's cool. fair. And then for rebuttal, I think I'm gonna let Toby go first. Cool for the rebuttal. So Toby, you're gonna have one minute right about now. Why do we want Lobo the Hobo on the big screen? <laughs> this dude just like rides around on a motorcycle through different planets. <laughs> And disrupts and causes havoc and wreaks havoc. There's no backstory. There's no purpose. There's no reason for being. He just is, you know, in, I forget what part of the world now, but there's a place um, 
where they, they have an abundance of these salty river crocodiles. Some are docile, and then they have these rogue ones who actually go after people. That's what Lobo is. He just has these moments of he likes pain and creating torture and causing shit for no reason, and that's what drives his stories. There's really nothing of stuff substance there at the end of the day. You'll get bored of that after an episode. So that's all I got to say. Okay. Lobo, lo, hobo. Sorry, bro, bro. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. All good. You had five seconds left. That's good. That's fair. Okay. All right. And then, Dave, it's all good. you it. get to Calderon is the Aqualad that you will be yeah. uh, refuting today. You have one minute starting now. God, I don't give a shit about his name. Um, Lobo, the, I'm happy that you said what you said because that's exactly the reason why he needs attentions because there is so much background for Lobo uh, and why he's like he is. And then the way how he's demented is actually something that is there's actually a niche for that stuff called Spawn and whatnot. You may have heard of it. Uh, now, if we were to jump to Aqualad, I'm so sick and tired of kids. Who cares about the kids? And frankly, get Black Manta to be important first, if you're going to do that. Get Deathstroke to be important first. Uh, also, sure, okay, Aqualad is cool, but again, to a certain degree, I actually like Aquaman, but you got to still establish him before you're going to introduce a kid version of him. Uh, and also, frankly, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like, that's... he's Yeah, he's cool, but like... That like that's the same thing as Lobo. Well, he's Hobo. Well, this guy's a Hobo in the sea. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that was. Why do you, why do you need to establish a back? Whoa, 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 for Aqualad, you literally said he's Black Manta's son. I mean, if you're gonna find out, ooh, he's Black Manta's son, how can he be that yeah, important without you, knowing who Black Manta is? About it, the public, the public doesn't necessarily need to know who Black Manta is. You just need to know what he did. That's fine. And who is like you don't need to know personally boys, who father is. I stopped, boys. I, no, I mean I you both. You you both continued. I tried <laughs> stopping, and you both <laughs> jumped in and didn't continue. I like so. how I like how he's putting his hands up saying I stopped. Like he made a sense in all this. <laughs> I'm just putting my hands. Up. So 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 so, there you go. So now, Dave, I'll, I'll go to you first. Uh, a lot of the things you said were very interesting. Lobo is you did introduce uh, a lot of interesting facts about Lobo. Um, you did the the you did discuss the kind of cloning aspect, the the last of his planet story, um, and a lot of stuff, which sounds very interesting and sounds like it would be a good continuation. However, I will point out that you had enough story that you were able to explain that these are jumping points and these are things that have been covered. That's right. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not interesting and I wouldn't want to see more of it. It's just that I would have to read this other stuff first. For sure. Which is fair. So what you were saying, Toby, uh, Calderon, a very interesting character, primarily television-based so only. I mean, there is a small introduction in the comic book. There are two Aqualads. He's, under a different name. he's called Jackson Hyde in the comic book. Yeah, but... right? There's like yeah. two... Because it's a guy with dreads, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, discussing what you were both saying about establishing things, that already is something I would want them to figure out as to why Calderon couldn't have been brought in as Calderon and the Jackson Hyde thing. Um, 
But that doesn't mean I'm not because it, it, one of the things that I, I only ask this for clarity as the judge is Jackson Hyde the son of Black Manta in the comic book? Do we know that? Is that established? Uh, yeah. He is okay. So yeah. it really is just the name is different. Exactly. Hmm. Okay, that is. I, I will put out a compliment. That's actually a really smart name considering the eventual story. Like he's high because he's good, and then you find out that he's Black Manta. That's kind of you, smart. Oh, that's, that's very, I'm yeah. giving a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> that, that 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 would be interesting. You don't get an extra minute next. Yeah, time, I know. But... I know. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, I mean, it's hard because both of you made cases for why it'd be interesting to read about both of these characters, or if anything, you know, get their own shows or whatnot, more representation of them in general. Um, as for Lobo, Lobo has had, uh, had, Lobo's had a very good run in the comic books, but not a lot. I don't feel like he's had a great representation in any of the other mediums. Mm. He's had very minor representations. He's done cool things, but I mean, because he's depicted as a villain, they don't tend to go with him very much. Um, you did explain that the anti-hero is quite popular right now, which would work in Lobo's favor. Um, the idea is that he's a bounty hunter, which would be very interesting. Um, there's a lot about bounty hunters these days, though. I mean, you know, Boba Fett's going to be coming yeah. out with a, a movie at some point and so on and so forth. So... Uh, I'm a little, I'm not, and, and even, uh, I feel like dead, the Deadpool comparison, Deadpool himself is a little bit of a bounty hunter in mm. a sense. He's a mercenary. Um, yeah, he's a merc. Yeah. So, you know, he, he, it's, it's, he's a bounty hunter in the sense that he has a mission to get someone, but he doesn't have to bring them back. He doesn't bring them back. He just kills them. Um, as someone who's watched Young Justice and seen all of it, I do really enjoy the character uh, Alderon, Kyle Calderon, and Aqualad. I think that the character was well written for the show. Uh, he's even recognized by Batman as having leadership qualities. Um, uh, and uh, I feel bad doing this, Dave, but I think. I would be going leaning towards Kyle Calderon. It's all good, it's all good because oh. honestly, he, he did a great job. Yeah, he did a great job, Toby. I'm not gonna lie. Only because, and I'll tell you this: it's it's not actually as much. And Toby, not to no offense to what you said, you did do a good job, but it's actually. No, I get it. But it's more to the much. fact that Lo, that you said for Lobo, you had so much story for Lobo already. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean. I buried myself. That's it. And, and you know, <laughs> and yeah, it, it it's more just that you had so much story already that the idea of needing more is interesting but there's a lot right there right now whereas there's aqualite has nothing there's almost i I agree i didn't really really have much to say because there's almost nothing yeah i agree and i won't lie i haven't gotten a chance to see young justice yet but yeah robin and aqua aqua are the reason why i want to watch it yeah so like i couldn't say that because like obviously i'm gonna lose it (laughs) it's like throwing (laughs) in the towel so like because i I mean what you said about lobo and and toby we've said this before for each other's different judgment calls you did make me want to read those titles you know Mm -hmm. like whenever you bring up stuff and that's one of the advantages of you being a comic book fan like when you talked about gambit's uh hard son and when you talk about that's the one of yeah, like mm-hmm. we're, I'm all, I'm looking forward to reading all of them because you described them so well and you made the Lobo run sound so interesting that I want to read it. But I haven't read it and I don't know if I want to read more, but I know that it's there, so I'm willing to read that. And then for Calderon, because he's only been depicted in as one of an ensemble cast in uh, an animated series that, you know, we're only we're luckily getting a third season now, but it may never have oh, come really? back. Yeah, D- DC yeah. Universe, which is oh, going to be DC's streaming sick. service, 
Um, we're not being sponsored by DC in this episode, by the way. I know we're doing Batman, and both characters were DC. And I am going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to talk about DC Universe right now. But DC Universe is coming is going to be launching soon. We don't know when, but they've already announced a, a gambit of shows. And the Young Justice season three is one of the shows that they're going to be talking about. They've already released some uh, an initial art that is available online. We've posted it on our Instagram. If you guys want to check it out, you can go to at a strong Franklin. Uh, you'll have to scroll through a bit because it's a, a couple weeks older. But if anything, we'll uh, tag it with that's canon so you guys can see it with the tag. But for Aqua, I that, think season three should be out around the fall. Hopefully, I mean, I want DC Universe to confirm when they're launching. That's my thing. But yeah. But is he yeah. anything now out of curiosity? Jackson he, Hyde, the character. Yeah, the character is that, he anything? I that I don't know. I, I'd have to to, Toby. You'd have to double check. But I, what do you I say is he anything? I like understand. in anything? Is he like in any written stuff right now? Because I know Lobo for had a, another short oh, stint with like the the New Justice mm-hmm. League of America or yeah. International. But like that was, I think it's already over. I could be wrong though. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll let Tobe check it out and he'll uh, he'll confirm. But yeah, I don't think he's been in anything since like 2016. So oh, that's no. a shame, though. Yeah, that's one of the things yeah. I find really weird about. That's one thing DC I, I find does a little weird. They like do they introduce characters. There's a big hoorah around it because I remember when Jackson Hyde got revealed, fans were really excited because they had been wanting to see more Young Justice characters brought into the comic books. And then I never heard anything past that that one panel where he comes out of the water or he's like by the edge of water mm-hmm. and he's like standing the way Calderon stands in the comic book, but he had dreads and people were just like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But then they um they changed they, when they rebooted. DC, right? Yeah, exactly. The rebirth in 2016, they actually readjusted the continuity. Okay. And um, Jackson Hyde, like the version, they reintroduced him as a gay teenager, um, and visually looks more like uh, the Young Justice version. Oh, um, interesting. Okay, that's cool. Still really like that. Name. Yeah. I think it's a smart name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, ladies and gentlemen, folks, fans of all ages, that was our judgment call. Uh, so we'll be going into our next segment. That we do. This one is called the review. Guys, who wants to start this one? We're gonna be I talking. I think one about of you guys want to start it. That's, that's what I think. Batman: The Gauntlet, Batman Chronicles: The Gauntlet, 1997 by Bruce Canwell and Lee Weeks. Color and separations by Matt Hollingsworth. Um, the story is a two-in-one comic, like Dave was uh, yeah. saying. Uh, we'll probably figure that. I, I what think that's it's a dynasty. I, I want to think it's a dynasty book or a digest or uh, a digest. It's something like that. Whatever There's a it's specific called, it, name it's, for it. It's a little bit longer than your standard comic book, but it, it's an interesting story. I, I, I felt I felt duped. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it is it really the name or is it like the whole yeah, ensemble? Name, <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. When you when you suggested it, I read Batman Chronicles of Gauntlet. So I'm thinking this is a Batman story. It starts out like a Batman comic book. Yeah. I'm like, cool. And then it turns into this weird soap opera. Like, I'm the puppet master pulling strings for telling Robin to go out into the streets. And I'm going to look for him. And that's his challenge to finally be my partner on the streets. And then somehow Robin encounters the same mobsters that I encountered on the yeah, streets. Yeah, I've been earlier. chasing for like... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so here here's the thing and I, I think I understand what you're saying one of the things that made this comic a little t- a, a tougher pill to swallow is the fact that the story is kind of this perfect circle where Batman is investigating something and Robin on his first night out happens to fall into it because the idea the same exact investigation. yeah mm-hmm. and, and I mean Gotham City as a city is a huge city 
right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the representation of like Chicago and New York. It's supposed to be the the, the city, like those big cities, mm-hmm. you know, at night specifically too, because it's always supposed to be darker. And Robin, who gets left at dusk by Alfred to be to do the gauntlet in which he has to survive a night without being tracked or not tracked, but without being caught by Batman mm-hmm. before sunrise, falls literally falls in to the random like this random uh, mugging that he thinks. Yeah. And it turns out to be the exact major case that Batman has been working on for <laughs> and then, months. And then, and then Robin, Robin, and because he witnesses this guy getting shot. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He, this guy that, who got yeah. shot gives him the clue. Yeah. He's like, yo, here, here's the clue that everyone's been looking for. Like, and Robin, obviously not knowing what's happening, doesn't know what the, if it is a clue because the guy says it's a deck of cards. The guy yeah. gets to Robin. <laughs> I do like that. Robin's Robin. like. Yeah, he's yeah. like a teenager, and when he looks at the deck of cards, it's just nude girls. Yeah. And, he, and like, even the way, and I get what you're saying about the Burt Ward moment. It, he, yeah. They might as well have put a panel being like, gee, Willikers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like looking at the cards, and he's just like, wow. <laughs> it's like yeah. a, it's like a kid who's seen porn for the first time. Well, he's it was. Like, there's no there's no internet at that time, I right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> you know? But it was just really, fu- I, I will admit that panel was pretty funny, because it was just like, yeah. it literally could have been, gee, Willikers. Because he opens the pack and there's like a girl and he's just like these pornographers. And I'm like, oh my god, little Robin, you little bird, you're so scared. Well, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, I understand your guys' plight. I- I'll say that I understand the plight. But the thing, the reason why I liked it mm. is because I did feel. I feel like there, this has happened in other stories where you see two different. You see two different people doing two different things and then they end up both finding a similar clue and then they find each other at the end yeah that's happened in many things Uh, actually uh there's a book with spider-man and wolverine and book with uh wolverine and shatterstar actually that has a very similar twist to it and there's this is a very popular thing for like movies and whatnot sure but i will ask you this in those scenarios is the archetype like the architect sorry i should say of the story so batman Mm-hmm. The one that is both chasing and setting up the the perfect in like randomness, because mm. like in your story, Wolverine's working on X, Spider Man's working on Y, but it's not like Wolverine sent Spider Man to do something. Yeah, but this is like let's put it this way: this is very similar to one of those stories where you see two good guys who don't know the other good guy, right? And then they end up fighting. And they're like, "Hey, no, we're fighting for the same thing. Let's go figure it out." Yeah, this is something well, similar to that, but Batman this is not them Superman fighting. Right now. There you go. There you go. Martha. <laughs> Martha. I, I, that's a whole other rant. I don't yeah, want to yeah, go. Yeah. But the one thing that I, and this is maybe my bias. A, first of all, I really liked the, the artistry. It really reminded me of Batman, the animated series. And the actual storytelling really reminds me a lot of the Batman animated series, which I personally loved as a kid. So mm. I was drawn to this book. Okay. The other thing is, you know, you could you could hate on the, the, the you know, they obviously have like some Adam West, Burt Ward moments in this book yeah but the thing that i really liked about it this is ob- and, and i agreed it, it throws you off because of the name of the book but this is really setting up robin dick grayson's robin and if you read this book dick grayson's all over this book you see all the different shades of dick his seriousness his um g willicker uh, side he's g willicker side <laughs> his, his brashfulness his youthfulness his um batman was very monotone in this yeah very his uh what's that word contempt for, is it contempt his um for criminals no no it's um compassion for oh, others yeah. and yeah. whatnot yeah. his ability to be like oh it doesn't matter if 
it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're a villain or not villain. If you're dying on the street, like you shouldn't just die alone. That's true. Because like, at the time when he does save the guy that got stabbed, the mugging, he doesn't know who this guy is or what this guy is. And when he finds out that the guy is, because the guy says to him, Gordon's, Gordon's deck of cards. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, Robin's just like, wait, so are these cards, this criminal working with Gordon is Gordon on the take. Exactly. I mean, you know, Gotham at that time is, you know, a lot of the cops are corrupt. So I, I do appreciate that Robin is unsure about who he's working with and what he should do. I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I hated this comic. It really sad. Yeah. Like before when we started this area, <laughs> I, the, the thing is, I'm not saying I hate it. I just think it could have been better written. Oh, I could say that as well. Yeah. I could say I, that. I well. think one of the things for me was the writing for the story felt lazy at times. Like, the the coincidence feels too easy. And I, I see why Toby referenced soap operas. Because mm. it really felt like a soap opera style coincidence. Like, oh, my twin brother was the one who had you <laughs> fooled all and, along. Like, and there was so much there was so much exposition. Like, Batman, I've seen, you see Batman talk in his comic books, but it's usually like answering a question or dropping knowledge on something right mm-hmm. but in this one he's like he's talking like and this is what i'm gonna have him do and oh it's yeah. Gonna be like <laughs> yeah this and yeah. that like he's literally say like i forget let me see if i can find the but uh, yeah he's I monologuing did. he's he's oh, villain yeah. oh, monologuing that's why you yeah, guys are upset lot, because he's villain yeah. monologuing and he's the hu- he's the hero yeah it was weird yeah. i get and i get i get what the writer was doing the writer did that because there are long periods of time where all the characters are alone because you know Robin's whole point is to try and avoid being caught by the mob, try and avoid being caught by the cops, try and avoid being caught by Batman. So mm. if anything, he's doing a good job in the sense that anytime we're reading him monologuing to himself, that's a good thing because he's not around anyone. Yeah. But at the same time, he's winning. Yeah, quote unquote. But at the same time, it's kind of annoying because you're just like, oh, okay, I guess you have to explain to us because we can't read his mind, so we have to see it. But it's kind of just this yeah. weird. But but what it would my question to you guys is would you have had a different opinion if instead of saying it out loud to the reader if they had thought bubbles? Would that would have changed it for you guys? Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe because no one really talks to themselves, right? Like that. <laughs> but I feel so. Because, maybe that would have made a difference. Because because the one thing that's weird about comic books, right? Like mm. especially when it comes to older comic books. Yeah. Older comic, like the whole concept of the thought bubble, I thought got popularized maybe, let's say, in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. So, like, this is before that time. So, this is, like, during that period of time of, like, we need to get thoughts out, but we have to say it because no one else would think, right? Yeah. So, I feel like maybe if this was written a little later, it would have been different. And at the same time, maybe. I think that one thing that you guys are experiencing, because I, I feel like you guys feel it's really condensed. I agree. I feel like this should have been a few issues. Mm, okay. If it was issues, you would have been able to get more detail. You would have been able to have more moments. You would have been able to have things not have to be so um, well. It was quick. Explained to you. You yeah. had to have it on. You had to have it on the forefront. You had to read it on the cover, not in the. That's book. what I said. There's a lot of exposition. They're just yeah. tell, telling us what's happening. I completely They're agree completely with instead that. Instead of letting us like ride along, they're just telling us as we're riding along. It's like okay, we get it. We're riding along. Let us experience it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I get that. It's that sense of like I don't get to make a decision about how i'm supposed to feel with this Mm. you're telling me you're supposed to feel this right now because we only have 40 pages or 51 pages to tell you the story so we're gonna make sure that these you know they don't use thought bubbles but they almost make it look like torn pages from a diary Mm. Um, yeah there were there were no stakes involved in this you know like you just knew going as soon as it started you like as soon as robin goes out on his gauntlet yeah you you just know okay you know what okay 
what it is. There's no stakes. It's never really in danger. I will say this. I kind of wish if they had written this story, and it, I mean, it's impossible for us. We're, we're 2018 and the comics Batman and Robin started in the 40s and whatnot. Yeah. But if I had been a kid and this story came out and Dick Grayson was going on this first mission by himself and I didn't know that Dick Grayson ends up becoming Nightwing mm. and leading the Teen Titans and then there would be actual stakes. Mm. And I know saying that seems a little naive because in comic books we know no one ever even dies or stays dead even these days. It's temporary. Yeah, yeah, it's temporary and I know that's naive, but that sense of actual threat to the character would be a little bit more interesting. Whereas what and I agree with Toby, the, the there's no threat. No. The whole time he's running, you know that he either like the only thing that I felt a little anxiety about was can he actually avoid Batman and solve mm. this? before sunrise and i was really excited towards the end when it looked like he was getting the one up on everybody but then you realize batman had already found him well and i was yeah. like but batman and was observing right batman batman it, they made it seem like batman no matter what robin did batman knew already yeah well it's because they they were they, they were but the thing is they arrive at the same time and if you think about it this way and this is this is me being i'm just playing devil's advocate mm -hmm. if you're gonna be someone who's like well i i'm looking for a partner right yeah yeah batman batman they arrived at the same time Robin was already handling the situation. Yes. So he's like, okay, let's observe how he handles himself. Yeah. He yeah. has to know that. And so, okay, sure, for the last, like, let's say, equivalent to 15 minutes of this movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he knows exactly what's going on. And sure, someone could argue saying, okay, well, Batman could have stopped Robin. Mm. Batman saw Robin. He never grabbed Robin. True, and that's true. the point. He doesn't ruin it for him. Because he, he could have easily just been like, grab you by the collar, yeah. you're lost, and I'm going to grab this other guy by the collar, you're going to jail. This was okay. it was it was a good test, and I feel that that's sure. where it comes. I, I I don't think it was a good enough test, and I'll say I'll tell you why. Mm. Batman is someone known as being terrifying, and the streets fear him, and being smart, a really good detective, probably the best detective there is in a DC universe currently. Yeah. Um, I feel like the skills he would have taught Robin would have been better than what we saw in this. Oh, okay. Right. Sure. This should have been more of a cat and mouse series not robin falling into some random plot but robin creating plot in terms of okay it's my i gotta go high well i'm gonna set all these traps all these different diversions all these people in your path you're gonna lose me like this is what i was trained to do and i'm going to make sure i prove that to you today bruce that or that's what it should have been that i like that that's a good version or here's this my version of this story batman tells robin i want you to go do your gauntlet I'm going to follow six hours behind, but I want you to investigate the same case I've been investigating. I've given you all the information, there all the updates. See, because then that loop, that thing at the beginning wouldn't have bugged me so much where he falls into it. If he actually yeah. was knowingly trying to find those guys and then got into it and then is handling it on his own instead of going after Batman and then Batman mm -hmm. eventually catches up to him, that would have been enjoyable. Sorry, go a, ahead. No, no, no. A step above on what you were saying. I say the same thing that you were saying, but again, I feel like your version would have also been very obvious that they got a lot, like, got, yeah. like, found. Yeah. So if anything, I would have said the same thing, but I would have been like, you have to do all this, but you have to stop five crimes and I have to hear about it. Oh, okay. Like, like, yeah, I stop a robbery. Yeah. I stop a mugging, but it has to be, it's like, if it's not on the police band, like, you just stop it. Yeah. Doesn't count. Yeah. So we agree. Because that, that exposes him and makes him, like, have to find him. Sorry, Tom, sorry, sorry. that? It, there should have been more at stake, and we agree. Yeah. There should have been yeah. more, more to the story, more meat to this than just us seeing Robin fall into something and knowing Batman knows the whole time that this is what's happening. Yeah. Because mm. you, you know, see, 
I've read um, Damien's gauntlet, Damien mm-hmm. wins, and his gauntlet was the same thing. Like he, it wasn't exactly the same thing because, if I'm not mistaken, in his version, Batman doesn't uh, tell him, "I'm gonna give you a six-hour head start and I'm gonna find you," because I guess he already knew that Damien would probably be able to handle that. His was, For sure. "I'm gonna put you on the edge of town and you have to get back to the manor before sunrise." And which, where is in which issues? I have that? to find that. I I'd will, like to read yeah, that because it's very interesting. And the the whole story of that one is that Damien gets brought out, and Damien's just like, "All I have to do is get home." He's just like, "All you have to do is get home." And Batman's just like, and Damien's like, "That is ridiculous. Of course I can get home. This is not even a test. Why are we wasting our time?" And he's just like, "That no problem. Just do it." And then you've passed. And then it does take him the whole night to get home. And because you f- you realize Damien is changed, and he starts caring about people, mm. and he starts stopping crimes the whole way through. But that's and because that's his whole- thing. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but Damien didn't care about people before, so he was the type of kid that if you gave him a mission, it didn't matter to him. Like he would have left the people behind to win the mission. But now, because he's changed as a person. He actually cared enough, and that slowed him down. Sorry, sorry. Uh, when I said that's his thing, I I, I wasn't. That I should have waited. Um, what I meant is that that was Batman's thing for Damien because Damien's like the anti-Robin. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sorry, yes, yes, that's yes, what that's what I meant because yeah, like, all the yeah. Robins are always good-willed people who need to learn skills that they are yeah. missing. Damien is Ra- Damien's a complete opposite. He's yeah. the one who doesn't have compassion. Yeah. For others, and that's when Batman's like, "Yo, this kid's this like five year old's gonna yeah. kill, really yeah. kill people all yeah. the time. Oh, I yeah. gotta stop this." There's a, there's a reason. There's a reason he has all compassion. Yeah. 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 Oh no, trust me. I I, I read all of the um, the Robin uh, books uh, on their own. Uh, actually, one of my favorite books, and it doesn't have a word in it. I, I wanted. To, I was hoping one, one time maybe we'd have a an episode where we'd grab like let's say one or two books of ours that we just want to talk about. Mm. There's one Batman and Robin book. It's the one right after Damien dies, un- uh, quote unquote. Oh yes, and I read that. it's just or it's just Damien. images. Yeah, I didn't it's, read it. Quote, yeah, you yeah. just you will read it. You look at it. Yeah. but it's one of those things. And like by the end, I swear to God, I was almost crying when you see like. Like the because ba- not to spoil this for anyone, but in this book, uh, after Damien dies, Batman goes through a, a series of events. You don't hear him talking, but the last one is he's freaking out in the Batcave and he yeah. breaks everything. And then when he falls on his knees with his hands out, the the his uh, Damien's um, costume falls on him just like how uh, Jason Todd yeah. Yeah. fell in his arms. And I saw it and I was like, oh my god, I yeah, can't believe yeah, yeah. like I'm getting like emo- I could feel like an emotional rift within my body when I was like reading yeah, it. That was a pretty tough one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if anything, I think we get the, I mean, one of the important factors is the fact that we haven't even talked about the supporting characters because they almost feel inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the story, the the story really is about Robin. Uh, Mm -hmm. I get that it's Batman Chronicles and that, you know, it's within the Batman lore. And we did discuss the fact that if, if anything, we would have probably changed the title to be a Robin title. It had Mm -hmm. it not been part of the Chronicles line. Uh, but yeah. And like, this should have just, this should have. Okay, if they kept you the version that you said, that a the villainry should have been way better. Mm-hmm. It was just like yeah. they were just throwaways. Like no one cares about Joe Minette and Barracuda yes, and Jalapeno yeah. or whatever the freaking name you want to give them. But what about Terra um, Nova? <laughs> yeah, Terra Nova. Like, okay. Yeah, dude's name is New Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> terrible. It's just anyway. There definitely there was a lot of flaws, and at the end of the day, it could it could have been way better told than it was. But do you think it was a matter of the '90s writing? 
I don't. Like, I, I well, think. I think it's one of those. That's I, true. This is that's a book. True. This is a book, in my opinion, that's geared to uh, obviously people who love Robin. Yeah. But yeah. I do think it is one of. It's the best book. If if a kid was like, who is Robin? Okay. This is what I would hand them. Well, who's Dick Grayson? Or who's Robin? Dick Grayson? Yeah. yeah, who's Dick? Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say, the thing really? that this is what you would hand them if they want yeah, to. Yeah, because Grayson the thing is, because you want to know one thing is, I, 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 one of my ongoing titles that I always read is Nightwing. Nightwing and yeah. Red Hood and the Green Lanterns are are things that are at the top of my and Deadpool are the, at the top of my list whenever I get them. Yeah, I, I was reading. Uh, I was behind. I don't know five issues with with Nightwing, so I was reading them when I was reading this, <clears throat> and you see it. You could see how th- this book, it completely sh- uh, foreshadows how Nightwing's going to be. Yeah. And that, I think, as a Night- as a Nightwing, as a Dick Grayson fan, and as a Robin fan in general, I find that this is, a- I don't know if it-, it so happens to be or whatever, but this is a very good lift off to Dick Grayson. Mm. And like, it's because it has all the... It has all the elements. It's like if you're gonna make a Batman movie, his parents have to die. If you're gonna have, if you're gonna make a Spider-Man movie, Uncle Ben Uncle has ben to dies, die. Yeah. Okay, obviously Robin's parents die in this one, but like how uh, Dick Grayson becomes Robin, how he gets his personality, and how you know from the start that he's not at, he's not mini Batman. He is a partner to Batman. Mm. He is a complement to Batman. He's, he, he's, exactly. Thank yeah. you. That is what I find was in this book. So those key traits were in this book. Do I think the artistry could have been better? For sure. We discussed yeah. the word bubbles. Sure. Yeah. And again. Just like how we were talking about a few uh, episodes ago about Robin, uh, the uh, the Red Hood. Yeah. And how we we're like, oh, because it's written a specific way, you have to write Jason Todd a specific way. Yeah. Because this was only one or, well, two issues in one there, whatever, this Dynasty book or however it's called. If it was something that had several issues, let's say a mini, a mini issue of six. So, okay. Or four, yeah. whatever it is. I think it would have been able, you would have been able to deep dive a bit more into it. And yeah. I th- and I think that's... That's what I see it out of it. And again, completely biased. It's, it, it's my wheelhouse. This is the stuff I like. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. If if you could split this into four and do it the way I was saying, where Batman says, six-hour head start, here's all the info on the case I've been doing, try and find leads, try and get more information. If I catch up to you and you still haven't brought anything new to the table, then you fail. If I catch up to you and you yeah. have more information, it's not even a matter of like, if I catch up to you by sunrise, it's a matter of when I catch up to you, you have to have more to offer on the case. So the fact that he would have even had the cards by the time Batman caught up would have led to him passing mm. because it's more information that then Batman had at that point. Well, or does he? Because technically he knows. I mean, he does meet with Gordon, but I don't think he knows that it's the cards. No, but that's what I'm saying. No. Okay, yeah. When when he would have met, like, let's say, because even if same story, he meets with Gordon, he finds out about the cards. At that point, you still have the fact that Robin has the cards mm-hmm. and yeah. Robin investigated. And then that whole scene at the end where Batman's just like, you should have gone to Gordon. And he's just like, well, I, I couldn't go to him. I didn't know if he was corrupt. Like, he doesn't say that, I think. But the whole idea of why he didn't go to Gordon is possible corruption. And that's and that's good because then it's Batman shows up and it's just like, okay, so here are the lessons you could learn. Like. You know, this is, you know, uh, you that's did not this. A, that's not a bad way of thinking, but yeah, you could have done it. Exactly, that. exactly. And I, I yeah. still think, like I said, I, I think like, you know, Toby, you probably have a far, you probably dislike it more than I do. Based I, on what I you're think saying. so, because, because I would have preferred if this was actually a Robin trial thing, I would have preferred it to just yeah. be between them two. 
yeah. beast, like a challenge between the two of them and Robin setting the traps. And this, I mean, they kind of alluded to it a bit in this where Robin left a clue for Batman. Yeah. Yeah. He was egging uh, him on. Like, and stuff. I wanted, I wanted more of that. Like mm. it's, it's, yeah, I do. I agree with you. That is an interesting aspect. So, so right? the, the kind of riddle, riddle type thing, like yeah, and yeah. Batman. Although this one he figured out in like yeah, point yeah. five seconds, <laughs> he figured it out so quickly. But it's smart but though. Yeah, it should. But it should have been more of that and less of the mob bosses and stuff. This should have been like you know, Batman goes somewhere and thinks it's Robin, but it's another kid in like a Robin costume. Like more of that stuff where it's just yeah, plays toying, like he's toying with Batman the same way Batman toys with his enemies. You don't think Batman plays with his food? <laughs> Batman, toys, Batman toys with his enemies, man. I like he that. does. Batman plays oh, with his food. That's funny. I like that. I want to see more of Robin being that way. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's not who Dick Grayson is. Maybe I'm I was thinking more say, of a Damien thing. Maybe I was gonna yeah. say like, I, I would have liked to see just a little bit of that with the, with Dick little, Grayson. Yeah, you would like a little bit more edge to Dick Grayson in the story. A little bit more. Edge. And I get. Yeah. I, I like what you're saying. I I get it. That's but what, when you that's said, why I call them Burt Ward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're. I get what you're saying. And also when you say maybe this is not Nightwing. Like this is not Dick Grayson that we know. Right. Because right. that's the thing. The the version you want and the version I want for a little bit more is maybe maybe that's the point Dave's trying to make. He's not there yet. Mm. Maybe that's the whole yeah. point. Well, like, that's because it's it's the start. It's the launch pad, right? I know because the comic literally ends with instead of the end, it, it ends with the beginning, yeah. and that's the whole right. point. So yeah. then, so then in that in that case, then my story maybe could come later. Yeah. But this could this could have been like trial number one and yeah. bring better. Yeah. But, but could right? I can I argue and, this? And my, yeah. Did the book not do its job? Because the only thing I, I've heard you guys say you, you were disappointed, but the only the other thing I've been hearing you guys say is I want more. So didn't it kind of do its job? Sure. Yeah. In that sense, yes. I don't I, want I'm more not... of this. I don't want more of this. I want better. So yes, yes. yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go. So yeah. <laughs> more and better, but still more. <laughs> I'm just trying to you, give you a kudos really to the game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if anything, this makes me want to see all the gauntlets though. Like I want to see Jason Todd's gauntlet. I would love oh, to see Dick uh, uh, Tim Drake's gauntlet because Tim yeah. is the, the, one of the hard. only ones who was a, he figured out that B Bruce Wayne is Batman yeah. so he's also on that level as a detective yeah, well, Batman's always said he's one of the best detectives that he's ever trained with P people argue what? that he's actually a better detective than uh, yeah. than Batman is exactly or, correction he will become <laughs> a better detective a better, because he has to grow up right so yeah. because obviously Batman has years on him or whatever but, but I would have I would love to see Tim Drake's gauntlet with what Toby's dis discussing about hints and misdirection because that one sounds like it'd be super interesting because I like yeah. I mean it, it is interesting to me because I've like I said we, we read this one because you brought it to the table so this this Robin um Tim uh, Dick Grayson's gauntlet and I've read the Damien one which was cool because I got to see two very different Robins and the different gauntlets they were put in and the different approaches they had I mean at the end of the day Robin did the same thing in both he helped people so that's always been his core. No matter who wears the the mantle of Robin, they always end up caring about making sure. And Toby, I think you said it best. You know the whole thing about how uh, you know whether it's a criminal or this or that. Was it you who said that, or was it you, Dave, who said whether it's a criminal, whether he? Oh, that's me. Okay, so Dave said whether it's a criminal or you know a good a, a a hero, a cop, a this or that. Robin doesn't want anyone to just lead a horrible death. He still believes in people's right to live yeah. and that's always been a robin thing so yeah, even always. when damien takes over you know damien sees people being robbed and you know i don't think he kills anyone but he like 
kind of does the neighborhood Spider-Man thing of just hanging them up and leaving mm-hmm. them there. And yeah, because he knows he has to get back to the manor before sunrise, but he also has to try and stop crimes because he's Robin now. So, okay, I think that's fair. I think that's good. That's uh, I think it's a fair. I think we, I I think I've said everything. That's I a good review. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, with, with, yeah, with, I think I mean I think I think we're we're all on three different sort of levels of enjoyment yeah. of this, of this uh, comic. I didn't mind it at all. If I had to rate it, which are we going to do the rating yeah. right now? No, we're going to do final no, thoughts no, after. We have one last okay, one. Because cool. yeah. we're, we're okay. going to jump into our next segment. Uh, you mentioned yep. it before. We're going to be doing sidekicks in best, fave, worst. Cool. Uh, this is our segment where we go over who we think is the best, the favorite, and the worst sidekick um this week we haven't we haven't done sidekicks before we did we did a robins once yeah we did robins once funny enough we did robins but we didn't do sidekicks well we did robins with with the red hood yeah Yeah. um okay so yeah does anyone have any anyone anyone have initial thoughts on which one for uh, for favorite worst or anyone I mean, when I think Um, of first of all one of the things that I feel is an important thing to address is that the sidekicks, some of them are not really sidekicks, you know? The way they're depicted in the comic book as sidekicks, mm-hmm. kind of... Like Wonder Woman and, and, and quote-unquote Wonder Girl, or, you know, whichever version of the, the like, Casey, who was the, the blonde one, or mm-hmm. Donna Troy, who was the one before oh, that yeah. was part of the Teen Titans. To me... When you say sidekick, I want an actual Robin to Batman. Yeah. Red yeah. Arrow to Green Arrow. Yeah. Um, I'm not really super. Well, Superboy was never really. Well, I, I would, Aqua Lad to Aquaman, I guess, I, which I would, is the original team. I, I would say team. anyone who followed. Yeah. Anyone who followed. You can't. You can't just say, "Oh, well, we're on. The, we're in the same family, so I'm his sidekick." You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, the worst is uh, as much as Casey is powerful and Donna Troy were powerful. They to me seem like the worst sidekicks. Because they were never really sidekicks to Wonder Woman, they weren't. They don't have the qualities of sidekicks, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing. I'm not saying it's bad for you to be the worst sidekick. It just meant you were kind of a hero on your own. And if anything, the comic book writers just kind of wrote you in as a sidekick because they needed a younger. Because that's that's how the sidekicks started back in the original days, right? It was because right. they needed teen characters to connect with children, so they started creating all these younger versions of the heroes and slapping the like lad or lass or you know title. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw someone. I think for some reason we keep overlooking it, and I don't know maybe because we want to like him because he's black. I don't know, but I feel like War Machine is. Not, oh. I'm gonna throw him out there in the worst. I agree. Psychic. Oh man, you almost, he you almost made me replace my guess. He's not the most embarrassing or like lamest, mm-hmm. but he's and his cool. armor is actually pretty freaking cool. Yeah, but he just like something about him just screams rip off. Yeah, he's a carbon copy. You know what I mean? Like, okay, it's just like why is he's just unnecessary. That's, it's literally having two Iron Mans. That's the problem with it. Yeah, when you yeah. have when you have a psychic, he's supposed to be a compliment, not just number two of me yeah he, like he could be a robot that's why his character that's exactly it that's why exactly he could be a robot he yeah. could be i a mean robot. yeah i don't know if you guys have been reading the comic books lately and i mean like i said funny enough we talked about not being time sensitive but the issue 600 of invincible iron man just came out from the mm-hmm. latest run mm-hmm. and yeah. road roadie just came back oh no yeah, and 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 because he you know he got killed by thanos in civil war 2 mm-hmm. and then uh, recently, Iron Man was not dead, but in a coma. 
And when he woke up from his coma, the first thing he did was he figured out how he woke his how he rebooted his body and said, I wonder if this work on Rhodey and then did it to Rhodey oh, and God. brought Rhodey back immediately. Makes it more of a carbon copy. Yeah. Yeah. It really, <laughs> and that's, you guys make the valid point. That's why it made me think of it. He, he, the only reason he came back is because Tony did experiment X on himself and it was just like, cool, I'm going to bring back my buddy and then use the exact same experiment. And then immediately both of them get thrown into suits and start fighting people. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, it it yeah. You guys make a valid yeah, point. But I didn't. I, I mean, I I try to think of him as his own character because they try to establish him as someone else a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, his relationship with Carol Danvers, mm. um, his military background. He really is a soldier. He's he's part of Shield. You know, he's. Yeah, it's it's not going to translate to the movies at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It didn't it didn't change the fact that in the comic book he as a character really is the black copy. I, I mean, not black. I shouldn't. Yeah. His race actually never had any. Carbon, 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 carbon copy. copy. Yeah, it's oh, true. Yeah. It, that's one of the. Few, I, I will say this: one of the few characters where his race didn't play. It wasn't like oh, you know. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, that's great. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's always with Iron Man, and he's always in a suit. So yeah. his race yeah. was never really a no, big no, factor. No. But yeah, oh, I, um, sorry. Go ahead. If we're gonna stick on a Robin topic, then I think if we're gonna pick a a bad Robin, um, which I'm gonna do. Okay. Uh, Jason Todd. Oh my God! I'm not Bruh. looking at you anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say was throwing up the sable all over the place. I can't believe you. <laughs> he's, a, he's maybe an okay Red Hood, whatever you know. But okay, no, he's doing terrible. a great Red Hood. His Robin stint was pretty brief. It was. Okay. Uh, he was. He was a pretty inferior sidekick as far as all the Robins go, man. Compared to the ones Robin uh, Batman has been choosing, I would say he was only inferior because of his situation. But I, I will agree. Well, I'll agree with Toby though. And he didn't listen, you know. Like. No, but, but more just because he he like if you look at him, he has anger issues. He he is right. yeah. like that's and that's a problem because that leads to making poor decisions when the quote unquote rage takes over. Mm. Sorry, no, sorry. It's just one thing I wanted to add to Toby's point because I, I I'll back it up in this sense. Fans did technically vote to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he did, did he did not live up to the to the Robin standard, maybe. Yeah. But I think after well, his death and everything after is actually voted? an amazing story. Sorry, Topes, go. Was it fans who voted for? Yeah. Him? Fans voted. Yeah, to yeah kill they him. had a nine hundred number. He was yeah. about to die, and the question was, do we save or do we kill Robin? And you called one oh, number yeah. to save him and one number to kill him. And All right. The it, was like, yeah, it, was, it was like it was like a landslide, like ninety percent, some yeah. crazy was, number yeah. to kill him off. <laughs> so I'll give you that much. I think people just wanted to uh, because they had the chance to do it. They did. <laughs> <laughs> but you but, can't get people the button to kill someone. You don't think people are going to? I would say though the worst. The worst, in my opinion, uh, well, my, my worst uh, sidekicks in general would have been uh, Batmite. Would have been one. I hate Batmite. I goddamn, I hate that stupid little shit. What, what about what about? Um, or the girl from from the. the what about the Legion of Superman's super pets? I don't even get me started. <laughs> wow, like that's a can of worms, my friend. That's a can of worms. Um, and then a super I, horse at one point. <laughs> I would also say, actually, if I, if anything, Batman has the, or sorry, uh, Damien has the worst pet. He has Bat Cow, which actually has like the the skin all across his eyes is actually oh, yeah. naturally a Batman symbol, so that's why he called him Bat Cow. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but the other person I would say is actually one of the worst sidekicks is actually Deadpool's Bob. I don't know if you guys know him, but it's like oh, this guy, yeah, the yeah. Hydra agent. He's a Hydra agent. And like he keeps on flopping sides. Like he's with Deadpool and not with Deadpool. And then yeah. at one point in time, Deadpool's like, uh, it's during the Dark Avengers when he's trying to get, he's trying to extort money from, um, 
uh, Edo, uh, what's uh, Green Goblin? Norman Osborn. Uh, Norman Osborn. Yeah. And he actually writes because he founds that, finds out that Bob was working for him. He's like, oh, I want I want uh, two million scratches out, ten million dollars in twenty four scratches out, twelve hours. Dot dot dot. I killed Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I killed him. So, that, what that's, about uh, best? I would say Dick Grayson's Robin because, in my opinion, whenever someone thinks of a sidekick, that's probably the first person they think of. That or Little John. I Little John? Like Robin Hood. Oh. Oh. I'm talking about basically in the sense of like affected like everyone's perception from going on for they're the two people when I was a kid, that's what a sidekick was. Yeah. For me, I think my I'll say my favorite. I'm still not sure who the best is. My favorite was Wally West. Is Wally West. Wally West to me was always as much as once again very much a carbon copy. In the short time, and again, that's the one thing about some of these sidekicks. They they were never like sidekicks. Like, I feel like Wally didn't really. I, I mean, in the in the comic book, in the like George Perez era of DC, when they did the whole inf- crisis, uh, infinite, Earth. yeah, crisis and whatnot. Yes, at that time he was a, a sidekick, but because I never actually got to read those titles and I didn't grow up with them, I guess I have a different perception of him. But I, I get I got to read old Teen Titans, like seventies Teen Titans, and I did mm-hmm. see what he was in that team and how much he looked up to Barry and how much he cared about Barry. And that to me, one of the things as a sidekick was he very much wanted to maintain the 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 name of the flash and the mantle and the respect that the flash had and as a sidekick did his best to honor that and then when barry you know sacrifices himself in that story uh, crisis of infinite earths he takes up the mantle because he's just like someone needs to stand for what the flash stood for and i mean he's and wally to me has always seemed like he genuinely cares about like he's a good guy like he doesn't like you know, he doesn't want to kill i mean no none of them want to kill but his rogue gallery, he actually wants to help reform them, which I think okay. is interesting. Yeah, I'm still not sure about the best. I I think I think my favorite is Wally, and then the worst, uh, actually my worst. And I don't know if some people consider this character a sidekick, but I feel like the character was depicted as a sidekick a lot. Jubilee. Yeah, because Jubilee yeah. is a sidekick. Jubilee, sure. it feels like she's depicted as a sidekick to pretty much the entire X Men team, Maybe specifically Wolverine. Wolverine yeah. yeah. Oh, um, she's literally the psychic to the whole team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but she she she, she has <laughs> obviously a, a clear crush on on Wolverine. Yeah, I mean even like when it's her, it's her dad. More yeah, or less. and even when they do the all axis crossover between DC and Marvel, she ends up with Robin. Like that's the storyline. Oh really? Yeah, they end up in a, like as a couple. They start liking each other. So that kind of like teen, and that's the thing. She's always been like that teen. So it was probably Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see. My favorite. Yeah, I was not trying to think about oh, that. Not that easy. Yeah, because that's the, the, yeah. I mean. I, I could say my current favorite. Because yeah. I, I'd say current favorite because it's hard to, 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 how many things, and I bet Toby's having the same thing, is how many things we've read. Like, it's hard to, like, say this is the one. Well, I, I was going to say, because I'm not sure who is the main here. Okay, I, I'll explain. I think my favorite psychic is Hit Girl. 
But I don't know nice. if I call her. That's an amazing call. Nice. But I don't know if I'd call her a psychic because she's the one who trained the main character. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. I feel like she, if anything, he's no, but she, she, she's, she's just a like psychic like, to no, Big she, Daddy. But she's just like Wally. Oh, there you go. She's just yeah. like Wally, right? Like yeah. she, she yeah. does it, and then she takes over the mantle. It's just like how Dick Grayson, although he became Nightwing, he eventually comes back and becomes Batman yeah. when Batman's gone, right? Right. Uh, right. But for me, I think my favorite at the moment, and it's only because he's so the opposite of everything else, and I don't know why. I've never liked reading little shits, but I like reading this little shit. Uh, Damien. And I know it's weird. A lot of my, my, yeah, my suggestions did. are all Batman-related, and it's because my head's in it because of our discussion. But Damien is just fun to read. Yeah. And he and he has he's had his own independent books where you could tell that he's still a sidekick even though he's having his own adventures because he's still communicating back to, like, home and whatnot. But he's yeah, it, he's just a, an interesting little shit to read. Like I say when they when they first introduced him, it felt forced, and I think that's why a lot of people resisted at first. But over time, they've gotten to settle in on the character and write and give him some better sort of character traits that are more digestible for people reading it. Because yeah, you can't make him come and be all arrogant and stuff like that in sort of Batman's world, right? Yeah, exactly. It just, it just clashed too much at the beginning. I think for sure. Um, I think because I spoke about him earlier, my one of, I guess my best sidekick for today is going to be Aqualad. And again, he's kind of like in that sense where, you know, he's not really a sidekick, but he is right now. Mm. But he eventually, I think I, he is a leader. I could see him leading, you know, I could see him leading the Justice League. <laughs> like mm. he's just got that quality, that trait, um, kind of like Captain America does. Cool. Yeah. Guys, I really don't uh, know who the best would be for me. I'm honestly thinking it's of all the side. I think I'm because th- once again, one uh, one of the things I find hard with the, the like, if I was to say no, because even Arsenal doesn't really be, isn't necessarily the best sidekick. Who's the iconic sidekick to you? That's how I would say the best is. Who who's the one that iconic? when you think when you when you when Robin. you say sidekick, yeah, it's always Robin. You're right. That, that's I mean, that's well, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to sway your no, guys' no, no, opinion, no, but, but I mean, that, that's that just to try most, and give like a thought, a, a direction to the thought. Yeah, I mean that is the most iconic and best representation of a sidekick in a comic book. It really was Robin because he was the first, and it, in that case, Dick Grayson. Um, but then when I'm trying to think about it, and I'm trying to think of all the characters and all the different like heroes, and I'm trying to think specifically in Marvel because I feel like DC, it's there's just so many sidekicks. As DC was all about creating the teen sidekick characters and Marvel already had teen characters to begin with so they didn't really tend to create sidekicks Jubilee was yeah, the only Marvel, one Marvel doesn't really have like the only one I could think of uh, is Wong Doctor Strange yeah. I was thinking that That's a good but one. he's not the best yeah. he's just no. he's just Wong He's just Wong. Wong is cool. I like Wong. That's because Marvel has more teams as opposed exactly. to, to individuals they have a tendency to do that You know what if I was to say once again, uh, well, I mean, not a sidekick, psychic. but Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. as a sidekick to Captain Marvel, or as someone who yeah. takes on the mantle. Yeah, I think yeah. she's the best. She has she. You know why? And I'll say it for this: during Civil War II, when Carol Danvers was using Kamala t- in, in to like gather up potential criminals, and eventually Kamala stands up to her and says, "You're wrong." I think that's what makes you a good sidekick. Being able to see when your you, when your hero has done wrong and standing up and stepping up to them and being like, "No, how you're going about this is wrong." Mm-hmm. I and and deciding that as a hero you're going to do it properly. 
And that's what Kamala did in the story. In the story, she eventually breaks off from Marvel and goes against her and realizes the way she was approaching the situation was potentially dangerous and was actually leading to, you know, like by them trying to stop things, they were inadvertently creating those same situations, which was a very interesting aspect of Civil War II if you guys want to read it. Um, but yeah, that was that's why I think she's the best. So for me, my her the best is Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Uh, the my favorite is Wally West, and the worst for me is like I really don't. I mean Jubilee and the the Wonder Woman sidekicks because I really feel like those ones were just really poorly done, uh, uh, always poorly represented. Anyways, that yeah, that's mine. You want to do your summation? <laughs> um, by the way, I, I think that's actually uh, I I don't want to take anything else, but uh, I think one of your characteristics is actually one of the, the characteristics that defines best. Um, Sidekick is when they outgrow. Yes, because if you don't ever outgrow, Robin, because yeah. is which is because that's basically saying you're you're um, a follower, not a partner. Yes, yes, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, well, I'll, I'll say my summation. I guess. Well, yeah. it's it's obviously Dick Grayson for me with a a little bit of a shout out to Little John because of what I said. Uh, definitely, my favorite right now would be um, Damien. Although I'll give a quick uh, shout out to Launchpad McQuack. Okay. <laughs> Just got to throw that because of Dark, 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 Dark Queen Duck. Yeah. is one of my favorite things That's as a awesome. kid. Um, and then definitely Batmite. 100% Batmite. The worst. The fucking God, I don't want to <laughs> And Toby, you said War Machine for worst? War Machine for worst. Uh, favorite was... Um, I can't remember right now. I should have written it down. You guys Aqualad. remember what I said? It was Aqualad, it, oh, no? was Aqualad? Oh no! You never made your choice on you, favorite. You were still, you were still. You said no, no, Hit Girl, Hit Girl. You oh said yeah, Hit Girl, Hit Girl. Hit Girl. and then Aqualad. Wow, but you, you did bring up Aqualad. Yeah, I, 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 I put them up in there as like best as well because I that's the only because there's no real best for me. Okay, so uh, Aqualad as best, quote unquote. Yeah, and then Hit Girl is favorite, favorite, and then War Machine is worst. Okay, that's a that's a really decent lineup. Okay, guys, final thoughts. We're going into the final segment here. Once again, we are reviewing, and we have been reviewing, Batman Chronicles, The Gauntlet from 1997, written by Bruce Canwell and Lee Weeks, color and separation by Matt Hollingsworth. Um, so, I mean, final thoughts. I mean, this one's, if anything, we could just give our, because we said quite a bit in the review, yeah. so uh, yeah. I, I would say we just give our grades on yeah. five, right? Yeah. Uh, I would give this, I would give this uh, 3.75. Okay, I give it three point seven five, and uh, but if I were to put my complete bias in it, yeah. like if I were to not be professional, it would be like a four, four point two five. On my end, I think I'm I'm leaning towards three. I yeah, it's it's not a fail because I actually did enjoy it, but I I think there was a lot of room for better writing. Mm. But I still think it's 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 an interesting tale, and I do agree with what some of the things Dave said about a being good introduction. So three on five, Tobes. Two point two five. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Fifty. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Not bad. That's not bad. I, it, it's no, it's little... no coyote, right? We, we yeah. already know <laughs> the bars. Okay, I forgot what I gave coyote actually. I think zero. we. I don't think anyone gave it a pass. we all killed it. Uh, poor yeah. what's his name. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, guys, that's uh, that was the whole episode. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of That's Canon, mm-hmm. and hopefully you guys are uh, checking us out on the website, listening to this on the YouTube as well. That's awesome. We appreciate it. Anywhere that you guys are listening to the podcast or if you've downloaded it, we appreciate it. We're really excited to always be doing this show. Uh, Dave, did you want to tell and remind the people about anything? 
uh, well, just, you know, always come visit us at squared-idea.com uh, or on our Facebook or on our Instagram. Again, you know, uh, titles currently coming out. You could go to patreon.com and find us to find some of our online stuff where you would definitely find things for Trinity, which is what me and Chris Nicholson have been writing, uh, as well as The Fathom, uh, which is Mike Wilcox's creation, which I'll give a little bit of extra information to. It's a zombie apocalypse book, and it's really important because now, well, now, now being again a few months from now in the past, it is officially has a physical copy. Maybe by, by now you'll have a physical copy of Trinity. Uh, maybe, maybe, because I have no idea when this is going to air, so... We'll yeah, just, no, we don't we'll have put that out yet, there. But, yeah. but um, no, just uh, try and find find us on Patreon, and if you if you like what you see there, you could definitely contact us to get some some hard copies of stuff you like. Okay, and Tobes, anything you want to tell the people? See y'all next episode. That's it. That's all, folks. Once again, you can always check us out, franklinarmstrong.com is the website, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, at a strong Franklin. If you ever have opinions or thoughts on some of the things that we've posted, please write them in the comments below on the franklinarmstrong.com post on the website. It's just below where you're listening to this, hopefully, or uh, on Twitter or on Instagram in the comments, anywhere. Anywhere you want to reach out to us, hit us up. And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back on the next episode. Peace, everybody. Bye-bye. Peace.